Hello and welcome to another episode of Yes, It Is Talking Bollocks with me, your host, Howard H. Smith. That's right, I am the host of this podcast. I am also lead singer in UK flash band Acid Rain. I perform stand-up comedy as a character Keith Platt and also do some emceeing as myself. Um, been doing that quite a while. I also run this podcast, as you can tell, because that's what you are listening to right bloody now. Hello. Managed to get the intro and the welcome all out the way. Early bloody doors. And I'm going to get this out the way. Early doors. Um, So, I have an announcement to make. Right, here we go. Drum roll, please. Uh, If I'd got a drum roll effect. Actually, I wonder if I have got a drum roll effect somewhere. Okay, not exactly a drum roll I found um, in my vast uh, bank of sound effects. But this is going to have to do. So, I have an announcement to make. You are listening to the voice of the about-to-be-launched official Motorhead podcast. The Motorcast will be hosted by yours truly, Howard H. Smith. How freaky is that? Um, really cool news, um, and I will go into it in in more detail uh, on another episode because they're they're not out yet. So, um, in fact, I haven't recorded uh, one interview yet, um, and I don't want to say too much about it. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I was even supposed even supposed to say that. So. Um, uh, keep an eye out for that uh, on the socials. I will be, um, obviously, I'm going to be uh, plugging it hard and hopefully uh, you'll all be enjoying some really cool interviews with some really cool people. Um, going into, I can't say too much. I can't say, I've probably said enough. Quick, move on, Howard. Move on before you actually get sacked without ever having done one of the podcasts. Um, that, which, which would pretty much be very very me. So, let's move on. Let's talk about what has been happening in the world of metal since we last spoke. Well, um, we've got Mr. Bungle coming out, which I cannot wait for. Um, Well, I say I cannot wait for. I'm a big fan of the OU818 demo, and that was basically even more than, you know, the album, which didn't do it for me, to be honest. Um, But it does look like this could be pretty awesome. I've I've never heard the Mr. Bungle demos that um that this is basically it's a re-recording of their 1986 demo, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. Um and it comes out on the 30th of October. And um for those of you that don't know, it's Mike Patton, um Dave Lombardo, Scott Ian and someone else. <laughs> I've done my research, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with those with those um, uh, death metal demos, but they apparently they are supposed to be really cool. And let's face it, you know, if those three can't make something that is very very cool, then I would be very very surprised. Uh, another band who's bringing something out, a Devil Driver, have brought out Nest of Vipers. That's the second single um, from their upcoming album, and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm liking it. I've got a real soft spot for Devil Driver, um, and and I don't know why. Um, but having had Des on the show, who was very very cool, um, yeah, it, it's just I don't know. I just want to keep bringing you the uh, the Devil Driver news. Um, and now two vastly vastly constricted uh, constricting vastly opposite stories, both involving thrash. Now, first up, I am going to go with. 
um, the passing of Riley Gale, um, at 34 years old, power trip vocalist. Um, there is no news as to um, uh, how Riley died. So, you know, anything from coronavirus to, to suicide seems to be what everybody is um, is, is speculating online. I'm not going to get involved in speculation. But um, it's kind of, well, it's just the fact that he's no longer with us, uh, 34 years old. Wow. I'm sat here as a 50-year-old guy thinking, wow, you know, that is just no age absolutely no age and I, I wasn't a particular power trip fan um but no doubting total respect for what they were doing and what they did uh, and uh, you know they were on a, a a real upwards trajectory a trajectory there we go and um and to see to see a a, a young life and yet 34 is young to me to see a, a life extinguished at that age is just so so sad um and seem to be saying this a lot um it's just really really sad and 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 no, no matter how no matter no matter what the reasons for him not being around anymore um it's really not good really really not good um and obviously you know you just think of the family, you think of the friends, you think of the rest of the band, everybody close to them. It's just, and what a time for this to happen as well. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, there's there's really, there's, there's nothing nothing good, nothing positive um, that, I, that I can offer here um, other than, you know, he leaves behind um, music that essentially will be around forever, and and people will be able to 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 listen to his music and and hopefully get something from it. Um, but it's just a real, real, real sad shame. And do you know what? This might not be the movie pos- movie podcast, but I am going to chuck a chuck a uh, the, the same kind of sentiments out there for Chadwick Boseman, um, the actor who died, who amazingly um, had cancer for four years prior to his death the amazing part being that um anyone in hollywood is capable of keeping a secret for four years i mean that is just like that's unheard of people just do not do that well he did and um you know another another life gone um and okay yeah 10 years older but still i mean yeah it's just it's it's just just really sad nothing more to say about it really it's just really sad um and following on from that, a very a very different um, news story, but still thrash, and that is the violence comeback, violence, the boys. We had I've had Phil Demel on here, I've had Sean uh, Killian on here quite recently, and um, and the guys uh, came back with a well, you know, tempted to say new single, and people are calling it new sing new song. Um, but uh, but it wasn't, was it? It wasn't new. It was California Uber Alice um, by Dead Kennedys. And I have to say, as much as I um, love violence, as much as I like Phil, and as much as I like Sean, if you've been a guest on the show, that doesn't make you immune to criticism. Um, and hey, I just wouldn't have done it. I just wouldn't have come back with a, the first song for 25 years being a cover version. I just... I just wouldn't have done it. Um, and that's just me. Um, now, I'm not saying there's any right or wrong in this, but judging from the YouTube comments, I'm suggesting that a lot of people do think that there's um, a right and wrong to this, and wrong is winning. 
um, a lot of comments going, oh my God, I've forgotten what a great band the Dave Kennedys are and rushing off to listen to their old Dave Kennedy stuff. That would have been part of my argument for not coming back with a um, with a cover. The cover itself, I'm a big Dead Kennedys song, and I firmly believe... Song. I'm a big... I'm a big Dead Kennedys song. Hello there. I'm a big Dead Kennedys song. Uh, (laughs) My name is Holiday in Cambodia. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, hello. Uh, Yeah, my name's California Uber Alice. Oh, hello. Boy, we both do get covered by, by bands, don't we? A lot. Yes, we do. And is any version ever as good as the original version of us? No, it isn't. And that's kind of where I'm going. Also, I mean, as much as I love Jello and I'd love a crack at trying to do his vocals and all the rest of it, my main problem with with it, not just metal, but especially thrash bands doing Dead Kennedys cover versions is this. It's all about the right hand. Basically, Dead Kennedys, um, you're talking a you're talking jangly guitar. You're talking a loose wrist, yeah. So just I'm sat here doing it, okay? In case you, that, that, this is the noise. That's me. Move, like so, you know, jangling the wrist, and that's the way the riffs are played. Whereas when you play thrash, it's all about palm muting and down picking. Now they are two absolutely, completely opposite styles. They're not just different styles; they are opposite styles. One is meant to be loose, and that is the jangly. Kennedys and one is meant to be absolutely tight as fuck so you can pick out every single downstroke and triplet and that is your thrash guitarist so it, yeah it's just it just really 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 doesn't it, they don't work together it doesn't mesh so I guess you know where I'm going with this hence the, the, the version is for me not all it does is tell us that Sean has still got the most um off-the-wall, unique style of vocals in Thrash. That's all that we've learned, and he is sounding good. Um, uh, But I have to say, I'm not really a fan of the version. Um, I mean, I was there on YouTube, I was on the countdown, I was, you know, there on first playthrough with everybody else, and I have to say, I have not played it through again, Um, and I'm going to pretty much not um but there you go um i know i know the band did it uh, just for a laugh just as something to do just as something to put out and that's absolutely fine um it's not that fucking hell not that anyone needs my permission or gives a shit about what i think but you know okay fair, fair fucks to you you've done it it's it's done it's out there let us never speak of it again um and now a thank you um in fact no let, i'll wait with a thank you next rolling straight on from uh, from the violence comeback is the interviews or rather statements made by both Kerry King and Paul Bostaff um, about the project they're going to be working on. And what I love about it is that Kerry King is, is there saying, well, you know, it is kind of strange writing because I still don't know who I'm going to be playing with in this project. And I just love the fact that he's put that out there. So all of these fucking bedroom conspiracy theorists who've got Phil Anselmo already penciled in as the lead vocalist can just calm the fuck down. But the fact that we live in a world now where Kerry King can say, I don't know who's going to be in the band. And you just get other internet conspiracy theorists saying, ah, well, you see, he's just saying that. He does know the lineup. I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who works in a grocery shop next door to the person who walks uh, Kerry King's next door neighbor's dog. And they said, 
they saw a man with some tattoos and short hair going into his house. So Phil Anselmo, innit? Uh, I mean, you just get that. You know, don't get me started on the conspiracy theorists and the anti-maskers and all that fucking bullshit. But we are going to get some music. And the strange thing is, everyone's going like, oh, what's it going to sound like? What's it gonna... Well, bearing in mind that Kerry King has been the main, main man behind the Slayer for a decade. Tom hadn't played ba- hasn't played bass on a fucking Slayer album for a decade. He was the main songwriter as well. I mean, it's going to sound like fucking Repentless Era Slayer without Tom on it. There, that's basically what it's going to sound like. I am putting, I'm putting my neck on the chopping block. I'm going out there straight away and saying, that's what it's going to sound like. And do you know what? That doesn't make me Nostradamus. I nearly said Nosferatu. Nostradamus. Fucking hell. That doesn't make... That they, look it up. They are two vastly different characters. It doesn't actually make me Nostradamus, does it? Uh, you don't have to be... I mean, of course, you're just going to go, well, okay, so Bostaff and Kerry King. Yeah, Repentless. I mean, that's it's, it's going to sound like that era. And yeah, it might sound a little bit different here and there, um, where they might try some stuff that they wouldn't have tried in Slayer. But Kerry King is Kerry King. And that's pretty much what you're going to get. You're going to get Kerry King riffs, very fast Kerry King riffs, played at speed with Bostaff drum into it. And, and it'll be really fucking cool. And um, yeah, you know, and, and he's also another one in the eye for people who think Slayer are coming back. And boy, didn't they time that fucking retiring from touring. Didn't they just time that perfectly? You know, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, Slayer have got a song called Epidemic. They didn't have a song called Pandemic. But, jeez, that was perfect timing. Abs- and, and and along those lines, I do have to do a shout-out for uh, No Friender. The Thrash, Metal, the, the Thrash Metal Show is a podcast that uh, you can subscribe to. There's an hour-and-a-half interview between uh, with myself and No Friender um, in the most recent episode. And I suggest you check it out because it's cool. We talk about all sorts of interesting stuff, not just acid rain. So don't worry, you're not going to get bored to death listening to that. So what else has been going on? in the world of metal well it's kind of interesting really that the ronnie dio estate managed by long-term wife wendy dio um is now right behind a graphic novel of the album holy diver a story about how you can't judge a picture by the way it appears or, or, or a book by its cover but we'll leave that which is what Ronnie wrote many times in his songs, that you have to see inside the person and not judge them by the way they look or by what they wear. Together with Scott Hampton's amazing artwork, they tell the story of Holy Diver, and I know Ronnie would have given his stamp of approval on this great graphic novel. Well, there you go, folks. Um, You have now got a Holy Diver graphic novel coming fucking at you. Can you wait for that? Probably. You probably can wait, yes. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't have a problem with Wendy Dio, and uh, which is just a sentence that I've just volunteered out of nowhere, which I'm sure, like, no one cares about, including right at the top of that list, Wendy Dio. Um, and I and I do think it's I do think it's really cool that that there is somebody out there who is um, curating Ronnie's memory. Um, and and all of that stuff that he left behind because um, he was a big influence, a big influence on me. I mean, the, the very first 
song that inverted commas the band that went on to become acid rain became the very first song at the very first rehearsal that we ever played was hungry for hevo hungry for hevo hungry i've got i'm having a nightmare aren't i hungry for heaven from the sacred heart album um by dio and um and he was yeah he was he was a big old influence on 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 young howard on young h and um and it is good to see and i know i've ripped the piss about the um about the the the, the dio hologram and um and i've got to be honest hopefully we've seen the back of that i really really don't want to see it again and, and also all the bitching between various musicians who who could have played in that band but didn't and, and it just seems it, the whole thing just seems a bit messy if i'm honest um well that but by the way I've, I've got i've now changed subject and i'm now talking about the uh, the hologram um so anyway let's just just round off the do chat with yes um it's great to it's great to see his uh, his legacy being curated and isn't that wonderful um and finally finally um a new story which was hetfield saying that he's been writing tons of riffs and he's got loads of stuff for the next metallica album whilst he's been in lockdown and given all the personal problems that he's been going through and you know having to go back into rehab and all the rest of it I think that's awesome. I mean, you know, it, that is just, that is a news story with absolutely no downside and no no negative aspect at all. Hetfield is well, he's writing, he's been in lockdown, everybody's, you know, everyone's good in his camp. Great, lovely, nice positive story. Yeah, until you go into the comments on Blabbermouth and you manage to find a load of no-life motherfuckers who have got nothing better to do than, you know, you know, uh, dead since kill them all, you know. Oh, you know, sold out after the no-life till leather demo. Uh, yeah, uh, Ride the Lightning's their best album. Uh, nothing decent since Puppets. Oh, Justice was the best, everything else is rubbish. Dead to me after the Black Album. Oh, yeah, it's just like, oh, fuck, a load of harder core than thou heroes in there gibbering on. And, uh, guys, you know, I, I look, I did, I did, I, you know, I'll, I'll join in as well. Fuck it. I did two episodes. I did nearly four hours of podcast space uh, when, when um, Hardwired came out interviewing people um, about whether they liked it or not. I didn't. So, yeah, I made, I made, you know, but that, but again, that is the power of Metallica. I did a fucking two, two, two part podcast on their new album and interviewing people who liked it and people who didn't. And, and, you know, whether you like it or not, biggest metal band in the world, without them, Thrash does not like, look like it is today. It might not have even ever returned, frankly. Um, and, you know, you just can't mess with it. I mean, having recently seen the uh, Murder in the Front Row documentary, they're all over it. Every every band from that era mentions Metallica and says, like, you know, basically, they kick this door down, they kick that door down. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have got this. If it wasn't for them, we So you have to give it props. But, you know, the need for people to pile in, these hardcore heroes just, like, giving it the large in the comments. It's just like, do you know what? And and he doesn't look he doesn't look the best, you know? He's, he, he, doesn't look, he doesn't look great. But, um... Even then, you know, you've got people just wading in. Wade, even when they say something nice. You know, like, like, oh, you know, it's good to see James well and that he's still creating. Mind you, last album fucking sucked. And, you know, it's just always... They, they provoke so much discussion and so much emotion. You know they're a special band. Anyway, 
That's enough of that, isn't it? It is indeed. I'm looking at the clock. It's coming up to 20 minutes and that's enough of anybody going on. So I'm going to stop going on and we are going to go into um, an interview with one of my favourite guests, James Murphy. Now, um, as I'm recording this, I've just spent two hours last night um, on the Acid Rain Facebook page with James um, where everybody was asking, asking him questions. He came on as a special guest, which was absolutely awesome. And people answered loads of questions and all the rest of it. And some of them I was like, look, don't worry. You know, I can't ask you that question. I'm not going to ask that question because the answer to it is, is you know, he's coming up in a soon to be released podcast. And this is that podcast. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, there is a chunk of this podcast that you will not be listening to. You will not be listening to the half hour of listener questions that James um, answered because that is for patrons um, and you sign up at patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith and you too can ask questions of your favourite artists. I'll let you know when the interviews are coming. You submit your questions, I ask them and you get you get your own podcast. Patrons get their own podcast. They had one that was about an hour and 15 minutes last month um, and um, and it's all like, you know, basically questions that they want asked of people who are coming on the show if you would like to do that and also you get this podcast early um you get a you get a live podcast once a month on zoom so you get to pile in on zoom we have a right old laugh it's great um there's also loads of acid rain behind the scenes stuff and stuff that's not released going way back to before the recording of the album um you get all the demos of the album etc anyway look if you want to sign up cool it's five dollars a month it'd be great to see you it really would um, and on that note, I'm sorry I mentioned the James interview, and we are going to get to it very, very quickly. But I have to say thank you to all of the people who kindly donated um, to the show, to myself, from the last message I put out on the podcast, which is really, really appreciated. And the fact that the people who the people who donated didn't want the shout out and didn't want mentioning is just is kind of even cooler it really is and i'm and but by all means if you still want to if you'd like to make a a, a donation to the show um you we basically just paypal some uh, whatever whatever you feel is appropriate to how h-o-w then the digit one and then a-r-d how one ard at hotmail.com and if you send to paypal through there and send it as a gift don't send it as a service um because otherwise to, uh, PayPal take a fee. Um, that would be really, really appreciated because it is hard times at HAQ, um, HHQ, Talking Bollocks Towers. Um, we're keeping the lights on, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, every penny is appreciated and that would be really cool. And if you do want to shout out, please do say, and you're more than, I'm more than happily give you a shout out. Really appreciate it. Thanks to you all. Now, I'm sorry I've kept it going long enough. I do apologize for the delay. Ladies and gentlemen, Here's me, old mate. Oh, actually, yeah, I, I, I do a, I do a description at the beginning of this interview. Basically, um, well, if I do it now, I'm just going to be repeating it. So let's just get on with it. Here's James and I having a chat a few weeks ago. So, um, so how have you been, Matt? First, well, look, first up, first up, um, I think we have to address the uh, the nipple and nibble controversy. <laughs> Um, you know, I I heard that tons of times back in the day, and I pulled it up, and I always thought it was nipple nibble strike back in the day, but I I wasn't sure. I pulled so I pulled the track up on uh, YouTube, and uh, 
I really couldn't make up my mind. Is it saying nipple striker? Nibble striker. I didn't. I obviously <laughs> didn't know about the advert. You know. Yeah. Uh, the the old the old UK advert, but uh, um, I uh, so I pulled up the lyrics and I pulled it up on like six or seven different sites and uh, it every one of them said nipple. <laughs> right. Well. I, well. I mean, you know, what can I say? You did your research, man. You did your research, and 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 the in, the internet let you down. You know. Well, it did. Uh, it did. I, I feel. Uh, I feel. I, I feel let down. Yeah, quite rightly. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, for those of you listening, um, uh, 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 James was a was a visitor on our Facebook page on Saturday night when we had um, uh, Jace Lewis on. And um, uh, he uh, he mentioned a, a nipple strike. As long as you have a, a nipple strike, of course, it being when the nibbles strike, which is the first track off our uh, first album, The Fear. And um, yeah, so it was kind of weird because you were you were you were aiming a um, an in joke at me, which completely went over my head. And I thought I thought <laughs> I thought you and Jace had something going on, and it just all got really confused. And um, and I've got, I've got to hold, you know, got to hold my hands up. It's, it's been, it's taken us a week to kind of get to the bottom of it. <laughs> um, but we're good. Well, I, sh- I should have, I should have went with my instinct. But uh, uh, no worries, man. No, spe- know, um, spe- I genuinely couldn't tell from listening to it over and over again. I couldn't tell whether it was nibble or nipple. <laughs> oh man, hey, look, it's, it's just one of those things where. It, but now you know. The thing is, now you're totally informed, and you have the full, you have the full, you know, knowledge, and you have the backstory and everything now. I know. Now I want some of those snacks. Do they still exist? Um, uh, <laughs> well, they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's weird. It's one of those things that you do when you're a kid. I mean, we were 19 when we were recording the album, and well, 18 when we were recording the album, and and of course now, no, you wouldn't date something. Uh, you know, you wouldn't start an album by doing something something so dated as an album uh, as as an advert that's popular at the time, because you know you're going to yeah. have a bit more foresight. But of course, back in the day, it's just like, oh, let's do this; it'll be funny. And um, yeah, ah, well, shit happens. So, um, uh, so uh, speaking of which, man, would you be um, would you be up for uh, for coming on the um, uh, the Acid Rain Facebook page one Saturday? Yeah, sure, man. Oh, that'd be awesome because I know I know people would um, would love to see you. I mean, from your end, all you have to do is you know it's just a Zoom call basically. Um, and if you want to keep an eye on the live feed, you can. But you know, I'll kind of host it and not questions about. But that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, no problem. I mean, we do it. We do it at eight o'clock at night over here on a Saturday. So that's kind of like I guess three p.m. Um, where you are. I'm on the East Coast, and I think, and I think it's a, uh, I think it's a five-hour difference. Yeah. So, so it'd be, yeah, yeah, three p.m. Yeah. Correct. Cool, man. Okay. Well, look, uh, well, let's 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 talk about that afterwards. But um, uh, anyway, how have you been, man? How have you been? Uh, since the last time we spoke, uh, real good. You know, lots of things have happened. Uh, it's been a while. I don't remember exactly how long it's been since we did the first segment. Oh, guys, uh, it's got to be, what, about two and a half years, something like that, two and a half, three years, maybe, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know, since then, uh, I've gotten engaged, and... Congrats. Uh, two years ago, and uh, a year ago, my fiance moved in, so we're, you know, we're, you know, domestic, domestic bliss, <laughs> so yes. that's happened in my life, that's been a big thing, and uh, that's actually going very well, 
and uh, yeah, just uh, carrying on with it, getting through these uh, COVID times, as they say. Yeah, so I mean, uh, well, and and luckily you haven't had to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, uh, you know, she's working, uh, you know, a day job through this. You know, she works full time, and uh, but you know. Everyone in her place wears masks and uses gloves and practices social distancing and everything. So uh, she's fairly well isolated from the public uh, in general. And uh, we live uh, out in the countryside, and we just sort of stay away from everybody. <laughs> so so far, we're we're doing good. Oh, that's, well, that's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. And um, uh, musically, what have you uh, what have you been up to? We, have, we we never managed to get we never managed to get that solo out of you for uh, for within the woods on the uh, on the new album. Yeah, yeah, I'm a. I can be hard to wrangle. Uh, at times. <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, to, to be yeah. honest, to be fair to you, you did say, "Look, send me, send, send me it over, and I'll, and um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a listen and see, see what happens." And then I did see that you had some health issues going on. I saw on Facebook, so I kind of just sort of left you to it, really, um, because I know that yeah, you know, yeah it's it, it, when you, when you've got more important things, the last thing you need is someone hassling you over a solo. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, that was something that I that I really did want to do. Just you know, for uh, you know, you know, I was an Asteroid fan back in the day, and uh, and it just seemed like a like a really cool thing to do. And uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't charging you guys any money or anything, so it it was just something to do for fun, you know. And I occasionally do that. I but uh, the sad thing is. Uh, a lot of times those projects that I really want to do, the things I'm doing for free that are, you know, without charging a fee that I'm actually want to do. Sometimes those get stepped on by the things that are paying the bills, unfortunately. Yeah, dude, we're we're, we're all, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. So I, I did a bunch of solos during that time period that you were waiting for me, but they were all ones that, you know, paid me a fee. And, you know, that's what sort of gets me, you know, that kind of gets me away sometimes from the stuff that I really want to do. You know? Yeah, no, I know you've got to take care of business first and foremost. That's the main thing. Yeah, but having said that, especially in case any of the people I did a solo for are listening, I enjoyed every single one of them. <laughs> so it was fun, you know. So yeah, it's fun, you know, to get to do what I what I do, you know, you know, for a living. You know, some's funner than others, you know, but you know, more fun. I should say. I don't think funner is a word. Well, 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 it, 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 it is now. I think you just, uh, I think you just invented it. Um, but um, so, what is that? What you're, is that what you're kind of doing musically at the moment? Is it just sort of like guest solos here and there? Is there anything sort of turning over in the background? Well, um, I'm writing some music, and the and the uh, the difficult thing for me is to. As I come up with with things to sort of parse out whether it's something that's going to be for my own project, which people may or may not know is called Disincarnate, and I and I'm hoping to do a new album, um, you know, before I drop dead, uh, hopefully of advanced old age. But uh, uh, I'll, I'm also planning another project with. 
several other guys from other bands just for one of those, uh, you know, done across the internet type of projects. And uh, so figuring out what the music is for, that's, or whether it's for a third thing that doesn't fit, you know, either of those. Right. You know, I, yeah. Back in the day when I wrote the first Disincarnate album, you know, I, I was very single-minded focus, and uh, I, I didn't have anything else going on. It's all I wanted to do, you know. But uh, these days I got a lot of things going on, so it's you know I want to keep that pure, you know, so that it really fits what that project came to be, you know, and uh, so that it doesn't. Uh, let down, you know, you know, the old school fans of it, you know, I want it to be in that vibe and, and, you know, from, from the same cast, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think uh, ultimately the filtering process is what it ultimately is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, well, it's quality control, isn't it? And I yeah. think as, you know, speaking to somebody who's put their first album out for 29 years, just last year, it, it, it's yeah there's pressure that comes along with having a big gap between you know putting out meaningful releases yeah yeah in, indeed it, it is and you know the, the bottom line is you know and, and I this has been exemplified to me recently in three albums that I think are amazing that were comeback records for the band at the time um, at the time they came out, some a couple of these are a few years old already. So, uh, um, uh, uh, Carcass Surgical Steel. Totally agree. I thought it was a pretty brilliant album. I thought it was great. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't really know how well it did, but it didn't really seem to sort of penetrate the current, I guess, sort of zeitgeist of where the metal scene is. You know. Uh, same thing happened with At The Gates. I mean, I couldn't have been more excited. Now, they, they, they're, they're two albums into their comeback now. and uh, But I remember when the first comeback record came out, I couldn't have been more excited. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, I'm collecting a, a beverage here. Right. Yeah, I couldn't have been more excited uh, for that to happen. And... Uh, it came out, and you know, and I, I, I loved it. That was great. It didn't really uh, seem to make a wave. And uh, I tell you, I was really excited about, I don't know, about a year ago or so, the uh, year or two ago, the uh, new possessed. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was really excited about that, having been, you know, a massive, a massive and major possessed fan. And I love that record. I think it's really good, the new possessed. And uh, you know, I didn't really read a lot of reviews of the At the Gates or the Carcass, but I saw a lot of reviews of the Possessed. Um, probably just because I'm active Facebook fa fans with Je friends with uh, and real life friends with Jeff Becerra, and uh, you know he posted a few of them. And uh, Jeff's interesting; he has, he, has, <laughs> he has a tendency to more often to post the negative ones than the positive ones. <laughs> and I just said, it just sort of like, man, I mean. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, some of these people listening to these records now, are they people that are seriously just stuck in the past and they can't handle that it sounds any at all different? Or are they younger people who don't really, aren't really familiar with the past records and 
you know, or just upset that it don't sound like, you know, between the buried and me or job for a cowboy or something or whatever's happening right now, periphery or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, those are all great bands as well, but it's not what possessed is, you know, and it just, some of the, some of the reviews are just terrible, but you know what? You always get terrible reviews. I got terrible reviews back in the day, you know, and yeah, I think I uh, it, 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 it just sucks to see bands as, you know, as that have been around, you know, as long or longer than, for instance, Disincarnate or Acid Rain, and, uh, you know, come out with, uh, and another old school, you know, uh, uh, British, uh, uh, UK band that uh, is about very soon coming out with a new record, Virus. I, uh-huh. I haven't heard that one, so I have no idea. Um, but uh, it, it seems to be, you know, a core of enthusiasm, I guess, amongst old school fans. It's It's really... I guess it's hard for me to gauge is what I'm saying. What, what is the level of enthusiasm really for these comeback records? You know, and I, so I'd be interested to hear your perspective on that. Like, how's that worked out for you guys? And, uh, you know, have, have you gained new fans in the, or, or is it just sort of seem to be the old school people? You know, I mean, what is the, well, it's, it's, it's funny you should say that. Cause I think, um, ultimately you want to, you know, you want to please your, your base, which obviously we have. Um, I sound like a politician now, pleasing the base. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I think, yeah, because because obviously it's you know uh, many years since we released anything. The thrash scene's moved on, so you've got you know you've got people you've got people in their thirties for you know never you know, who are who you'd class as younger fans, you know. Um, but also you've got you know you've got kids who are into thrash metal um, who all of a sudden hear that there's you know. A UK band called Acid Rain have been around for years, and this is first album for twenty nine years, and they're thinking, you know, Christ, I haven't been on the planet that long, and um, yeah. uh, and so I think you know, there's a certain amount of curiosity there, and so yeah, you know, people people who are fans of the genre are gonna are gonna find out, you know, ab- about you, um, but the, the 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 simple thing is really is that the internet is so vast, it's so hard to get your voice out and to get it heard for any length of, for any length of time that people discovering your album is just a constant process you know and i think more so than back in the day where people would have to go into a shop and pick up physical products now people can be discovering new bands any minute you know just purely through whether it is you know listening to recommended stuff on Spotify or or you know being on Shuffle on YouTube, whatever it might be, yeah. however people yeah. consume music, they're discovering bands all the time, and um, and so it, it it's really I think it's just a case of you just got to get as long as you believe in what you get out there is 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 a quality product, um, you've got to hope that you know the internet will do its thing. And that the majority of people out there will go, yeah, do you know what? It is a quality product. And from there on out, it's just, you know, we're all, we're all in the same boat, um, except, you know, except the big guys, as always, who are, who are always going to make a splash. But I think ultimately, if you're in the genre of thrash, we, it, it's still kind of, um, it, you know, it's not it's not mainstream. Yes, the you know, the, the big yeah. four are mainstream, yeah, but... You know, once you go below that, it's it's we're still you know we're still out there on the fringes, really. Yeah. 
Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm whinging or moaning. Um, it's, yeah, me neither. Uh, it's really me neither. Curiosity. Yeah, yeah. It's just curiosity on my part. You yeah. know, um, I, I've always been someone who's made music because I feel sort of compelled. I feel compelled to make music. And over the last, you know, 20 years, I've made a lot of music. However, it's usually in my role as a producer or I'm working with bands on their songs. You know, and uh, so, you know, I'm contributing. Yeah. You know, my ideas. And that's kept me, you know, very busy. And, it, and it's kept me largely satisfied musically as well. You know, um, I, I've got to work in a ton of different genres and, uh, you know, get my creativity onto those records because you know frankly they hire me for that number one and number two uh, i don't know any other way to do it you know yeah and it, and i i see how that is it's kind of that's nurturing your your musical side um is is working with those artists and, and helping develop their songs absolutely absolutely that's the only reason why i haven't made a ton of my own records. I've, I've played on literally, I don't know, a hundred or 200 records in the last 20 years, probably somewhere. I can't even count them. You know, sometimes it's just a little anonymous rhythm track. Uh, sometimes it's a fully credited, you know, uh, guest solo. Sometimes, uh, it's, uh, Fully credit entire album performance, you know. Or sometimes you, probably, just, you know, or sometimes you just let your mate Howard down and don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I am genuinely sorry, about mate. That. It's all right. We'll have, to make it up. we'll have to make it up in the future, my friend. Yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm loving winding you up. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's. Uh, well, I've, I, I think Jace is very much in a, a, a similar position, whereby he's very much at the moment in in a place where he's really enjoying being a producer of other people's music, and and that's fulfilling the need. That it means he's kind of not feeling the need to make his own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I had started doing production work and working as a recording engineer about, I would say about five years prior to uh, becoming ill with the tumor that almost took me out and that basically led to my ultimate departure from Testament and from California uh, back to Florida where my family was, um, where the tumor was discovered and I had surgery and everything. And so I, so I had about five years in, but I was doing both. I was you know, I, I would, when I was at home, I would uh, produce, engineer other people, et cetera, mastering. I had, I had started mastering a few years, you know, before, um, you know, I fell out with the illness. But, uh, so I was doing all of that, and uh, as well as, you know, putting it on hold to go on tour with, with whoever, you know, I'd go on tour with, I went on tour with Conqueror. Uh I went on tour with, with Testament, you know, all during those times, you know, and, uh, I was sort of doing both, but, uh, by necessity, sort of after my surgery, I was a little bit physically incapable <laughs> of, uh, probably pulling off a full tour and I needed to be home. I needed to be near where my doctors were, et cetera, you know, so going right into just strictly studio, you know, it, it was a, a lifesaver for me and, and, uh, 
and uh, you know, working as a producer allowed me, like I said, to and as a session musician to play on people, you know, to get my creativity out there, to be able to stay playing, playing on records, get, getting it out there. I'm sure people would be shocked if I if I were to give a list of all the guest solos I've done. It's, you know, for sure people have, you know, ran across some here and there, but the full list is staggering even to me, really. You know, <laughs> Most of them people will probably never really hear, but, you know, some of the cool ones, you know, that... Uh, of course, some of the cool ones people are probably never really here, to be honest. But uh, just unfortunately, it gets swallowed, you know, by uh, the massive stuff out there. But it's still fulfilling to me. It doesn't really matter how many people hear it. Of course, I enjoy it when people hear it and they, you know, and I get feedback. You know, that's always uh, that's always enjoyable. But yeah. I, I've been steady recording and playing on records and getting, you know, my creativity onto, you know, into other people's music. And I just think, it's, you know, it's time for me to write a record or two or three. Right. And uh, put out some featured stuff. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm trying to gauge what the interest in that is, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, even if the everyone en masse wrote me and said, we don't want to hear that shit, <laughs> I'm still probably going to do it. So. Well, I think, to be honest, it's, um, uh, you you you'll definitely have interest um and i think you'll have i mean to be honest i think there'll be more interest in a in a, in a new disincarnate album than there than there was for a new than there was for a new acid rain album and that's me um uh that's not me complaining about you know our album that's saying i think you know there's a, a definite curiosity because at the end of this interview i've got a load of fan questions for you and they're all about that so well uh, <laughs> mod- modesty becomes you howard but uh you know, I hey, look. I I just think that there's uh, well, look. You you've just said about all those all those solos you've done, all that work you've done over the years. I mean, that's that's proof right there that over a twenty year period where you haven't really you know been putting out your own music, um, that there's people who want you playing on their stuff, and that's because of the impact you know that you you've had on the records that you have done. So I think that proves that there's a, a yeah. lasting interest, yeah. and 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 you know. I, for one, would be really, you know, I'd be really interested in hearing some stuff. And if you want to guess vocal, guess vocals, um, go ask somebody else because I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's <laughs> oh. <laughs> a reason why Howard uh, does stand up, folks. Um, <laughs> he, he's good with the zingers, he's quick. <laughs> Very much. But uh, uh, yeah, I uh, uh, one one of the very recent things I did. Hopefully, will get a platform soon. It is a uh, um, a uh, it was another just sort of passion project, something I did, you know, for no fee at all. Just to, just I wanted to do it, wanted to be part of it, and I got uh, you know some some good friends, like some American musicians involved in it, like Jeff Becerra from Process and. And some uh, 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 UK musicians like Carl Willis from Bolt Thrower and Dave Ingram from, you know, uh, Benediction and uh, uh, my brain, I'm, I'm brain farting right now. But there's just yeah. tons of uh, uh, there's tons of great people on it. I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of everyone on it. It's a it's a tribute. Uh, it's a uh, benefit album for coronavirus. Uh, All right. It's to benefit the uh, the United Nations program. 
uh, to, you know, for, for, uh, for coronavirus. It's, uh, called, uh, metal, metal against coronavirus. And, uh, that's sort of the name of the project. It was sort of masterminded by, uh, some guys in Spain, uh, who have a band called, uh, uh, I can't even, I can't, I don't trust myself to pronounce it properly because it's Spanish. Right. Okay. Henico de Muerte, something like that. Um, and uh, I had done a guest solo on their album, the, the you know the year before, and uh, you know they put this project together and they brought together an international cast. You know, a really yeah, sounds like it. Uh, great chunk of people. I'm I'm forgetting way more people than I remembered. Um, but uh, I, I I'm I did my song. It's it's done already. It's already mixed, and there's even a a cool lyric video and everything ready to go. Um, it's just a matter of finding what the platform is going to be. Um, uh, some labels are looking at it. Of course, you know, this benefit type of thing, it's really sort of probably tricky to, to figure out the particulars with a label. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's just going to go up on, uh, probably like Bandcamp or something like that. Something, some sort of platform. I don't know exactly, but some sort of platform, of self digital release where all proceeds will go towards this charity. That's awesome, for, uh, man. That's awesome. Coronavirus. So. Yeah, and and um and also um the fact that you're you're doing it for a, for a world charity as opposed to just a North American charity um uh, is um is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worldwide, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and and that I just, that's 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 a re- that's a really nice that's a really nice touch. Um because ultimately, yeah, it's, you know, some countries have been hit hard, some not so hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, so did they just did they just approach you out, you know, out of nowhere to do this? Yeah, I mean, I, w- uh, I wouldn't say it was totally out of nowhere in that I was, of course, familiar with the sort of masterminds of the project because they're the guys from the Spanish band Panico. Yeah. Panico de Muerte. And a, from Spain, from Barcelona. And uh, so I knew them already, and I had done a solo for them. They had, uh, you know, hired me to do a guest solo. Right, and, but, the, but, uh, this, but this actual... That but album this actual, had been out. But this actual Artists. concept was this actual concept was out of the blue. They just said, hey, we're doing this. Do you want to be involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so obviously it helped that I knew the person that was contacting me. Yeah. And... Uh, had it been an unknown person, I might have been a little bit dubious until I saw more people participating. And, and you know, just because, uh, you know, people try to pull scams with, with charity all the time. But, uh, I, I, you know, I did the, uh, you know, I did the research, even though I knew them. I, I looked into exactly how they were structuring it and everything, and, uh, and I became uh, very satisfied that it's completely legit and... Uh, and it's going to be a great project to get whatever whatever amount of money it ultimately generates. You know, every bit helps. So that you know, that's something I could do. I can play. I can play some solos. I actually played across the entire song. <laughs> I played too much. We had to end up cutting some of the stuff I played out just so that no, no, no vocals are going to go there. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know <laughs> they weren't there yet. You know, <laughs> I didn't know, so I played. So who does who 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 actually does vocals on your track then? Uh, uh, the two main guys that people would probably recognize uh, is uh, Jeff Becerra from Possessed 
and Carl Willits from Cool Bolt Thrower and uh, what is it, uh, Memoriam or whatever. Yes. Me- yeah. What's the name of his band? His um, other uh, band, Memoriam. Yeah, Memoriam. You're absolutely Mem- spot on. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carl Carl Willis from Bolt Thrower slash Memoriam. Yeah, and uh, Jeff Bezerra from Possessed. Oh, cool, man. So, um, how's it sounding? You pleased with it? Oh yeah, it came out came out fantastic. Uh, uh, the Spanish guy named Mark Boria something he mixed it, and uh, I did I did a lot of interaction with him. Um, during the mixing process, um, sort of giving my input and feedback, and just over a period of a couple of weeks, we, we the, the mix got adjusted to, you know, to to more to my liking, particularly in terms of the how my parts came out, but everything a bit to to a certain extent, and uh, I just love, you know, I think it came out great. Mark did an excellent job, and. Uh, can't wait for people to hear it um I, you know i'm not familiar with the other tracks to be honest i'm only really familiar with the track that i played on but there's a lot of people involved in it, a lot of people on the other tracks and uh you know i can't wait till i can you know give a link you know to to this lyric video where people can check it out yeah and, and it's it's kind of um... whether they want to donate a dollar or two you know to, to have a download of the song and contribute to the uh to the cause. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be well. I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they will. And also, I think that it, it acts as a kind of nice little calling card for the fact that, oh, right, okay, so you know, James is uh, James is back on the scene, and um, you know, you need to you need to be following it up with an album then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, like I said, uh, um, I don't think a month goes by that I don't that uh, an album or two or a track or three doesn't uh, drop that I've had some sort of creative hand in. And, yeah. And and usually some solos are involved in that as well. <laughs> so um, are you, um, how far along would you say, I mean, are you, are you working on um, a disincarnate album, an EP? Um, you know, how, how far along are you with it? Or is it just you know, a case of just throwing some stuff together and deciding what to do with it when you think you've got enough? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know if there's you know a difference between an EP and an album project anymore these days. I think modern listeners, like I'm still an album listener, but hey, I, st- I still buy CDs and vinyl. So what do I know? You know, I'm 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 old school, and it, it, it sucks saying that's old school. I think, but you know, hey, CDs and vinyl are still being produced. They are still available. You can still order them. You can pre-order them, and uh, you know, so obviously there is some sort of market for it, uh, more so in Europe, and definitely more so in Japan than than here in the United States. But you know, I'm I'm within uh, right right now as I sit in my car outside of my fiance's place of employment i'm uh a few minutes drive from three different places where i can buy cds and vinyl you know and that people would scratch their heads about that like no there's no record stores left in the united states you know <laughs> well there is you know so wow well you're in a you're, you're in a, a a very cool position there because if i was in if i was in central london I can only think of uh, two record stores that I can get to. Um, 
it's you know there's that is yeah that's awesome um having said that i mean that's too sort of central london you know the the smaller independents are still there but they're, they're further out because of you know rent etc um but yeah there is there, there is still a, a hardcore of um of people out there who buy physical product without a doubt um you know when i when i went to i went to our, our labels warehouse and i was shown around um the warehouse where he said i can't remember how many million single items they had in there and uh, and he he told me and then he just and then he just said he just looked at me and said yeah and apparently people don't buy physical products anymore you know it's yeah. they do no it's ridiculous people actually do but it is it has become uh uh sort of the uh, the political or the the popular thing to say they don't. <laughs> oh, I know. Ex- um, I know exactly where you, what, what you mean by that. I mean that that is a symptom of social media. That's a symptom of people um, posting about what they'd like people to think they do, but not what they actually do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. But you know, I mean, there's no doubt about the reality that things are trending more and more as time goes. You know, um, I do know people that used to buy physical product that don't anymore and hey even i who i I mean when it was just spotify uh, when it was you know i let's put it this way i put off listening to 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 subscribing to a streaming service for for a, a few years after they became popular you know as it stands today i got my vinyl and cds at home but when i'm in my car i listen to my apple music subscription Right, you know, yeah, and I and I have you and I have YouTube Premium, so I mostly listen to music on the Apple Music app. You know, well, I got, I've probably got thousands of albums added to my library on there. You know, and uh, I just I just stream and listen in my car, and uh, I, I I don't ever bring my CDs in my car anymore. Hey, great benefit to that. Well, you know, back in the day, I lost at least two CD booklets full of CDs from people smash and grabbing. You know. Yeah, <laughs> smashing the window and grabbing the CDs. So hey, the benefit, you know, I take my phone with me when I go. So there's really nothing for them to smash and grab anymore. You know, left in the car. I love that. Um, I love not, you know, necessarily having to just carry a thing around with me full of music. It's just it's my phone. It does everything. I love it. So I have embraced streaming, but I, it hasn't stopped me from buying the physical products of things I really, really like. Number one, because I think. There's just something more tangible about it to me, you know. And we're we're gonna sound like codgers, you know, like old. <laughs> you know, we said, we'll you know, sound like we sound like codgers to kids who who've never who are you know. There may be someone listening to this, um, you know, in their twenties who, or you know, in their in their very early twenties or late teens who's just shaking their head, going, "Why the hell would you want to buy all those things? You have to store them. Is that, you got to get a shelves to put them on. You got what? You know. Then when you move, you got to move them all. You know." Yeah, yes. You know they don't want to deal with it. You know. Yeah, do, we we sound like um, we sound like the um, the uh, thrash metal um, uh, Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, I remember. I've got my CDs. I've got my vinyl. Uh, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. 
I will. Funnily enough, I'm I'm similar to you, but different. So I've I've got I've got vinyl in. I've got a, a, a turntable in the house, which funnily enough, I only got about three years ago um, after having not had one for twenty years. So I've got a limited vinyl collection, and I do play it. But I've also got a traditional stereo. I've got CDs. Um, and but I I mean mostly I'll listen to music on my phone, but uh, not streaming. It's it will be it's downloaded music, um, and then in my car gotcha. and in my car I've got the very very last model before they remodelled it without a CD player. So I've actually got a CD player right. in my car, and I actually like that because I just it's it's yeah. a, it's a great um, it's a Bose system, it, and CDs just sound fucking awesome through it but I've also I can also play my phone through it as well so I've kind of got the best of both worlds but yeah I, I completely agree it's you know it's a combination of whatever platforms you want um yeah and and I don't think I don't think there's anyone out there who's just like right I, this is the only way I listen to music is through this I think everybody is yeah. you know as their various ways of consuming depending on what's most convenient yeah, as to where you are and yeah, what you're doing yeah, my my last car. I just uh, that car died just a couple of months ago. I just got to a brand new car, and uh, my last car. I got it in two thousand six, and it, and of course it had a CD player. And about two months before the car itself died, two or three months, the CD player stopped being able to focus. Like the laser, it would say something like couldn't. It would give me a message that, that it couldn't focus the the laser. And I was like, ah, oh, what the shit, man. The CD player died on this thing. And that was after, you know, 14 years of having that car. And uh, and I still would take CDs. Out. So up until just a few months ago, I, I took CDs out to the car quite often. Um, but uh, it died. And when it died, about three or four months before the car did, I thought, well, that's it for this car. <laughs> yeah. As you were saying that, as you were saying that. It's got so many miles on it, it's not worth it to change the stereo now. <laughs> exactly. As you were saying it, I was thinking, well, this is a sign. You know, if, if that was me, I'd be thinking, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. And then, then when I developed uh, some serious engine trouble a few months later and they told me it was going to be eight thousand dollars to rebuild the uh uh, i mean to to buy a new engine and replace it because the lower part of the engine crapped out um i uh, said yeah i'm gonna be buying a new car because this car is not worth it but yeah no i agree with you 100 percent you know uh people uh, listen multitudes of ways now The, the only thing that's really discouraging about that to me is uh you know, number one, what what a lot of people felt that you know they'll say, well, you know, play live, get your money from playing live, and and uh, what a lot of people didn't, you know, sort of failed to understand about the the way the the old model worked was that uh, you know your the money you made playing live didn't pay for making your records, you know, it didn't it it paid for getting you from one show to the next for most bands. You know, yeah. for the greatest majority of bands, you didn't, uh, you know, you know, send home your rent, you know, and your car payment and your insurance payment, uh, and uh, you know, bank away, sock away some money for a recording. You didn't do that. The label paid for recording because they were making money off the records, and uh, you know, you'd make some money off the records as well, you know, mechanical royalties and the, you know, etc. And 
you know, that's how your records got paid for. And, you know, the money you made live from the majority of bands just barely got you from one show to the next often, you know? And, yeah. uh, you, so you could, you know, get a motel room, one motel room that 12 people could shower in and, you know, and then you could all stop at, you know, Denny's or IHOP or whatever, you know, if you're touring in the States, some little grease, 24 hour greasy spoon and, uh, or, or Waffle House, or as I call it, Awful House, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, stick something way too sugary and carb-loaded into your body so that you could make it to the next show. You know, gas up the van and and uh, you know make it to the next show. Uh, and uh, uh, but uh, you know that was the old model. People, you know, it is what it is now. Uh, you know, budgets have gone down. Records are selling less. Streaming pays for shit. Yeah, and uh, you know now you kind of have to make it live, and now we don't even have live. <laughs> and who knows when that really truly comes back? Probably not until some months after a successful vaccine. Well, yeah, exactly. And and then digital becomes a lifeline. It's the only way you can reach your fans. It's the only way that they, exactly. they can consume exactly. music. And and I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day. Yeah, and... I, I, it all I, i'm not complaining about oh no i'm not I, 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 about no and, and you don't you don't sound like you are i mean um but so, so i was talking to somebody the other day and they said um you know can you imagine lockdown if we didn't have the internet oh yeah <laughs> you know, I mean, like, <laughs> oh <fair>. my god <laughs> yeah just, just i mean just strictly the ability to be able to hop on you know a platform like we're on now skype or facetime or whatever and video chat with your friends family oh dude yeah. dude just remember remember when we remember when we were when we were on tour back in the day on tour buses in europe and wherever and you want to make a phone call home and you just got you know you've got to find something to get a bag of fucking change yeah a bag of change or in the latter part of it like in the uh in the like in the mid 90s before everyone started really having a cell phone in the early to mid 90s a prepaid phone card or a you know, yeah. so that you could, <laughs> and so even that still, it was a huge pain in the butt, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a very, you know, back in the day, people were a lot less sensitive. I'm not going to say it, you know, um, I'm like, God damn. As <laughs> <laughs> I say, uh, people were fairly politically incorrect without being really, uh, uh, you know, how many politically incorrect things did, uh, did we all say back in the day because we didn't even realize it? We didn't give a thought to it. Well, it was, you know? well, it was being it was and, being politically. I, I think there's a big there's a big difference between being politically incorrect and being hateful. Yeah, right? you know? yeah, or being uh, you know just being uh, you know sort of insensitive without any ill intent. Yes, and uh, there, so there was a particular name we had for people who were on the phone too much, and let's just say that it's alliterative to phone. <laughs> there was always one there was always one on every tour you know yeah <laughs> and uh you'd made fun of him because he didn't, was never not at the phone if you were stopped you know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. And now these days everyone's buried in their phone <laughs> uh, yeah d- I, well the only the only the only um thing that stands in your way with communicating with anybody no matter where you are on tour in the world are time zones you know, that's it, basically. 
if it's you know if it's the middle of the night where yeah. they are they're not available but other than that um you know wherever you are in the world you're available oh yeah it was incredibly expensive <laughs> very know, to, uh, very to communicate when you're out on tour so there's a lot of things that are that are way better about it now i should imagine um a lot of things that are probably more difficult. I mean, you absolutely rely on selling merch. That's a big thing. Oh yeah. And there's this whole uh, the whole thing that just didn't really exist when you know even as as of the last time I toured, not except for perhaps really really huge huge bands, and they didn't really need it. But now it's become a thing. This um, the uh, meet, meet and, and greet the meet yeah. and greet tickets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people paying an extra premium to be able to meet and hang out with the band a bit and, you know, get signatures, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're kind of, I mean, we're that, kind that's of the lifeline. That's that, you know, that's, you hear people complain about it. They're like, okay, do you understand? Like they're not making shit on their record. <laughs> they probably made fuck all on the guarantee, you know, really maybe just enough to pay for gas and whatever, you know, yeah. if, if this is a band you really like, pay the money. Well, we're, we're, we're kind of different. We're kind of different in our band. We're, we're kind of different in our band because people, people will pay to, um, to not meet us. Um, so, um, it's, 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 there it's, you go, man. Hey, whatever works for you, man. Whatever, whatever fills the coffers, you know, sufficiently to get you to the next show and fill your belly and, yeah. You know? Yeah, we, we sell we sell um fuck off and go away um uh greets. So uh basically it's just <laughs> basically it's just a room that we're guaranteed to not be in at any point. Um but, um, but, um no, I mean it it to yeah, be I've never done one of those, honestly. I've no, you know, neither, neither have I. Neither have I. I did meet greets when I was in Testament, but they were sort of like after in store signings and they're things we did for free. No no money was charged for them. It was just something to do to promote the record and and uh you would just go do those but i understand now that a lot of bands you know sell those kind of additional you know tickets at additional level you know to in order to uh make more money and uh yeah keep themselves alive on tour you know and it's sort of like you have to well i was i mean i was looking at it I was looking at the breakdown of our of our finances, and basically how it breaks down is literally um, your your fee, or well, well, our fee basically covers um, just about in most cases. You know, in some cases a little better, in some cases it doesn't, but just about covers our expenses for the day. So that is, you know, that's that's us eating, fuel, um, hotel. You know, basically. Uh, yeah. And and and, yeah. and also paying crew, paying for a truck, paying for a driver. Um, so, and then you literally the only way you're going to make money at all is how is how much merch you sell. So yeah. you know that is yeah. that's how key it is because and when I say make money, that's that money that money that you make will go into a pot to keep the band going. That isn't get to the end of the yeah. tour and split that money five ways, which people might think happens when they're listening to this. That's not the case at all, because yeah. the band is a yeah. business, and as a business, it needs to have a, a, a pool of cash to function because there are yeah. expenses, but there's also whenever you want to do anything, like make merch, for instance, or record, you you know you need funds yeah. to invest in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah, but, you know. 
But again, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. That's just, that's the way it is. And well, you, I'm, you you've know, been doing it, uh, I, I, I assume up until uh, the lot, you know, that everything got shut down because of COVID that you were, you were out there actively, you know, doing it. And I, I haven't, the last time I played live was 2005, man. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, that was the, uh, that was the Roadrunner United concert. Wow. Right. Yeah. And, and, and does the studio work? Um, say you know, has that sated your appetite for live performance? Would you like to get out back out there again, or are you not that bothered? No, I'd like I'd like to get back out there again. I really would. And uh, uh, so, no, no. The answer to that is no. It hasn't really. And do you think um, you will get back out there? I hope so. I mean, I I honestly don't believe that I will go out and do. I mean, I know this, and I, and at the risk of sounding like. Uh, of this sounding bad to someone who's listening, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm an older dude compared to, you know, a lot, a lot of metal fans, you know, um, I, my birthday's tomorrow actually. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be 53 tomorrow. I look much younger. <laughs> I feel younger. I honestly do, but, uh, I'm an older guy. And, uh, my, my, sense of urgency that I had when I was a kid to get out there and tour at all costs, no matter what, I was totally willing to do the, we used to call them the eat shit and die tours, you know? Yeah. I was like, this tour is going to, this tour is going to be eat shit and die, but we got to do it. Let's do it. We were excited to do it. We didn't care. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I'm a little bit less, you know, a little bit less inclined to be enthusiastic about that sort of thing. So, you know, the right offers come along. I'll absolutely do a tour, you know, um, as far as my own project, probably going to be sort of limited to things like, uh, festival runs, to be honest. Yeah. Festival runs, maybe some regional shows, the occasional boat gig, in which we all know the only one, the only game in town there is the 70, tons of metal yeah 70,000 tons yeah that'd be um, well yeah I'd, 70, I'd, I'd, tons, yeah. yeah i'd love to do that we've um we've we've done everything we can we've even we've even promised not to pee in the pool but uh we just can't seem to get on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, yeah no, I, I hear you but uh you know we, we would do things like that i'm quite I'm, I'm quite sure i'm down to do things like that um I'm not down to pile into a van and drive around and eat and eat shit for a month, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, because exactly. uh, you know, I've had health issues. Yes. I don't want to exacerbate them and have any of them come back on me, you know, because of that. But uh, I absolutely want to put out more records, and I, and I do want to play live. So festival runs, you know, one-off festivals, you know, um, you know, regional shows that we can drive to and then go back home and uh you know things like seventy thousand tons you know things like that are really what i think that when i do put out uh another record that, that that's where your best bet to see it, it live will be well i well i look i think people listening to this will be immensely encouraged by all of that and um and i totally get what you were saying about you know, feeling a lot younger as as I. I mean, I turned fifty. But happy birthday for tomorrow, by the way. 
Um, sure. I, I turned 50 um, on my own in, lo- in lockdown. Um, and, but I, but I, I feel um, young as well. And, and when you were saying that and I was thinking, yeah, I feel the same. I just wondered if it was, um, you know, I was into this music very young. And we, you know, we were we were part of a, the second wave, if you like, of, of of bands, and and you were as well. And I just kind of wonder if 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 that is at the heart of what keeps us feeling young is the fact that we're still doing something that was dangerous and groundbreaking, and and our absolute lives when we were when we were teenagers, and and that connection well, we still have to music is is that. That youth. Well, if you if you could see the uh, the studio tan I'm sporting, <laughs> you might want to keep your shades on while, <laughs> while you check it out. Um, you, you'd understand that uh, you know studio life has kept my complexion uh, not only pale but uh, I haven't you know I'm sure that I haven't aged as badly as if I worked in the sun every day. You know. Yeah, that way. I work indoors in air conditioning. <laughs> Got the air con going, and uh, 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 you know the my worst uh, 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 physical uh, uh, fear in the studio is that I'll get cramped up hunched o- if I hunch over my guitar too long while I'm trying to record a part. You know that when I go to stand up, I might have a crick in my back. You know, <laughs> like ah. <laughs> That's it. That's the the most danger I'm in. Um, so, I th- you know, I think that, you know, not having to, you know, work out in the sun or in some like, you know, sort of terrible environment. Uh, you know, I, I, I did warehouse jobs when I was a kid. Um, but I think, you know, probably just environment and doing something that I like has really uh, kept me young. Yeah, kept, kept me much younger than I would otherwise probably look. Had I, you know, worked in a coal mine or something for the last twenty years? Yeah, and 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 I guess I guess um, my point was more about like about how you feel as well. It's that you know, I because having just played a, having just having played a few shows, only managed to play four shows for the new album. We had to cancel the rest of the tour and, and festivals and everything. Um, playing new material in front of a crowd again. For the first time in that length of time, honestly, the 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 buzz was just, yeah, it, it it's insane, absolutely insane. Well, awesome, man. Well, I, I'm looking forward to being able to get that buzz as well. So absolutely, that's, uh, that's what I, I, that vaccine is forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's why I'm I'm dangling that carrot in front of you, and I'm just saying, look, do it, dude, because it is worth it. Yeah, it really is. And I. Yeah, and, I, and and trust me, I don't want to get into the weeds about the the politics of vaccines or whatever the the perceived politics of vaccines. You know, people want to argue about all that stuff. Oh, it's the government trying to control your mind. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wade out into those weeds. But uh, um, shoving all that aside, yeah. and let's presume that we do have a a, a, a working successful vaccine in the coming months. Well, let, let's and, let's uh, both de- let's both decide that we're not working off a conspiracy theory. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, and I'm and not. and there's a lovely quote that um there's a lovely quote that goes along with that, which is um, 
conspiracy theories are how idiots feel intellectual. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's kind of true. Um, you know, it, here's the thing, and, and you know, and of course, you know, as soon as, as soon as you as soon as you wade into these weeds, you're you're, you're at risk of alienating some some listeners. But uh, oh, who gives a who gives a fuck about precious, them? <laughs> they're very precious about their conspiracy theories, Howard. They really are. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, uh, but there's a thing called uh, uh, proportion bias, and what it is is you think. Let's just think, let's just look at the, uh, and I heard, uh, who was it I heard talk about this? I think Joe Rogan uh, was talking about this with, with one, a guest or, or the other on his uh, podcast. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't call myself a devoted listener to his podcast, but I do listen to the clips on YouTube from time to time when the caption or title uh, grabs my attention. And uh, this thing called proportion bias is mentioned. And uh, the example used was that... Uh, Take a look at two presidents, all right? Um, well, let's take a look at JFK, who was assassinated. The conspiracy theories behind that were massive because the death of a president was a massive event. And so it just doesn't seem satisfying that it could be a simple answer like this cuckoo got got in this window in this uh, book depository and shot him. You know, it, it seems like it has to be deeper than that because it's such a big, important event. Now, let's look at the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan. It didn't succeed. So while it was kind of a big event, it was nowhere near the size of an event as the JFK assassination because Reagan lived and, you know, wasn't really all that injured, to be honest, you know. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it was just a, coo- a guy that was trying to impress Jodie Foster shot him with a revolver, you know, and that's all there was to it. That was enough for people because, hey, it wasn't really that big of a deal. He lived. So this small explanation was OK for this small event. But a small explanation isn't OK for people when the event is huge. And so it's this proportion bias that they think that the the explanation for the, a massively weighty, heavy event like the assassination of a president, the successful assassination of a president, has to be as big as that event to be satisfying to be to to satisfy the the uh, the mind that it's that that's you know that it, that it's real, um, you know, or whereas the uh, failed assassination attempt of another president is not that big of a deal because it failed. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I get it. And I think that's, um, that's, that is, that's really interesting. And, and that actually puts into words, um, something I've been, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get it. You know, it, it's, it, yeah, yeah it, basically it can't be that simple. So let's come up with a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, you can kind of just look at it from that perspective and you sort of see why people are drawn to conspiracy theories. They want big explanations for big things, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's just small explanations. You know? Yeah. They, they want more. And, um, I think we're all guilty of that. Um, yeah. well, look, uh, James, that is, that's the end of the first part of the interview. Do you mind hanging around for a few minutes and, um, and asking some, uh, fan questions, answering some fan questions? No problem, absolutely. Awesome, man. But for now, don't go anywhere, but for now, thank you very much. All right, man. Thanks, and take care. No worries. Take care, dude. See ya. Bye.
Bye bye. Now that is an interview. And what you've got there on the end is what I always like to do, a little bit of talking to myself, self-congratulatory conversation with myself at the end of the interview there. But, um, well, it beats doing the uh, what, I've, what I've highlighted before, what other podcasts do, which is where if there's two people, I would now sit with my host and go on and on about how great the interview was and basically go back over it bit by bit, picking it apart um, and saying how good it was and how great and, and, and this and that. And, it, and basically getting about another 10 or 15 minutes um, of just jibber jabber that is utterly pointless and worthless. So instead, what you've got is me just at the end going, now that is an interview. And that's it. That's all the self referential bullshit you're going to get from me. Really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. If you didn't enjoy that, what the fuck's wrong with you? Sorry, but you know, that podcasts are not for you, right? That's the news. But there is another 32 minutes of interview that none of you have heard and that you can only hear if you go behind the paywall at patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Even if you sign up for one month and download one of the 350 posts that is available there and you only turn up for a month and ransack it and disappear again. Hey, go for your life. So anyway, um, this is the end of the podcast. This is the end of the podcast. The end of the podcast. We're getting to the end. It's nearly the end it's nearly finished, but it's not quite finished. Um, that didn't really sort of develop into anything. That was going to be an end of the podcast song. But um, it didn't really happen, did it? Um, yeah, I don't know why, but there you go. It's just one of those things. Life, innit? I blame lockdown. Yeah, I'm blame, I, blame, I blame masks. Um, but there you go. Um, so, yeah. Um, anywho, it's nice, to, uh, it's nice to have you all and be in your ears. I am in your ears. So, um, thanks for all the emails that in the subject box just had work. Um, I am really digging that. If you don't know what this is, uh, I'll do it very quickly. Basically, if you're at work right now, if you're at work listening to this, open up a work email and send an email to howard at allaboutherock.co.uk and in the subject, just put work. Okay, that's it. That's all you have to do. It's just that way I know I just get, you know, who's listening to podcast at work and they and these emails just drop in completely randomly throughout throughout the days. And I just love the idea of somebody listening to this on YouTube or downloading the podcast in like five, six, ten years time, whatever, you know, and I'm I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And all of a sudden I just get an email and it just says work in the subject. And it's like, fucking hell, that's still going. The idea being that obviously you can't get to gigs and shout bollocks and bollocks back and stuff like that. Um, but what you can do, we haven't done this for a while, what you can do is um, get a friend's phone when they're not looking or ask them if they're into podcasts. Just get the phone off them, open up the podcast app. Um, if they haven't got Talking Bollocks in it, just search for Talking Bollocks and subscribe for them. Um, you're doing them a favour, you're doing me a favour um, and and you're helping spread the word. I mean, it's a win, win, win. It's a win for me, it's a win for you and it's a win for them because you're introducing them to the world of bollocks. Um, speaking of which, Movie Bollocks is still going, still got some great episodes coming your way and there is, the current Movie Bollocks episode is with uh, legendary UK actor Philip Jackson um, so the detective inspector Yap from um, 
uh, Poirot. He was in Mike, Mike Bassett, England manager. He's been in a number of um, Mike Lee movies. It's, it's a really cool chat, and he's a mate of mine, and, and it's really worth listening. Um, so if you've, if you've got it in your player and you've, you've not really been bothered because it's not your kind of thing, seriously, that one is really worth a listen. It really is. Um, so anyway, enough of that. Um, plug, plug, plug. Plug in everything, including a podcast I can't tell you anything about other than uh, I'm going to be hosting it. So keep an eye out. I will keep you updated. Um, and I will keep the episodes coming. And um, let's get let's everybody get through this as best we can. Wherever you are, I hope you're well. I hope your friends, family, everybody is well. Um, and bloody hell, I can't believe I haven't sent cunt in this podcast at all. Hey, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Honestly, what a disgrace I am. Anyway, um, I guess it's time to go. So I am going to wander off. Um, I think I'm probably uh, going to make a little bit of lunch. But only a light lunch because I had a nice bacon sandwich for uh, for breakfast, which was which was awesome. And a fucking rocking cup of coffee. Got to tell you, coffee I've got at the moment is properly good. Um, but um, and I also, by the way, in case you're wondering, it, the podcast has finished. I am just trying to see how long I can stay here before you leave. That's right. The idea is that I am just going to keep going until everybody stops li- stops listening. So. Um, yeah, I'm um, I'm currently um, at home, um, talking bollocks towers HHQ. I've got a tree outside the balcony. Uh, on the back, the balcony's covered in seeds. Now there's a story. Um, I've got some fat balls. <laughs> yeah, no, not those. Come on, um, uh, some fat balls in a bird feeder um, outside my balcony. And some of you over the years know the balcony. It's been invaded by pigeons occasionally. Um, it's getting invaded by uh, parakeets at the moment, and uh, which is fascinating. And I love having them around. The trouble is that they just sit on the on there, destroying the fat ball and spitting out all the seeds onto the balcony. And then other birds come in and eat the seeds, which is quite handy. So it's kind of working. But um, they're proper thugs. The um, the parakeets. They're, they're, they they go at each other as well. If you get two on there, they're properly nutting each other and using their beaks to smack each other with or pulling each other's tail feathers and it is actually um quite interesting to watch slash distracting if you're trying to watch a movie um and i've just been away um since the last podcast where went up north um uh, into yorkshire and that was gorgeous we had two or three days there it was weather was spectacular um managed to get out into the dales and and really see some some amazing countryside and just in general feel feel wonderful and feel human again um and then i got the podcast news which is great um i can't tell you any more about that so i probably shouldn't have mentioned it again um and yeah you know just just in general um hanging out got to go to elland road of my my beloved Leeds united uh ground when i was um when i was home as well and got a few things from the club shop that say champions on it because um we we won the uh, the championship uh we're now promoted into the premier league so that'd be good um noticed that one of my headlights is out my car gonna get that sorted out came home to three points on my fucking driving license and it's totally unacceptable seriously guys totally unacceptable right i was caught doing 72 in a 60 mile an hour zone now that is unacceptable but i'll tell you what's really unacceptable it was the 60 mile an hour um roadworks on the m1 now those roadworks have been there for years and they'll probably continue to be there for years. And I've got caught on the average speed camera in the middle of the roadworks, not at one end, not failing down to not failing to slow down in time or speeding up too quickly. 
right in the middle of the roadworks. There I am doing 72 miles an hour when it's clearly the 60 mile an hour limit in the roadworks. What the fuck is wrong with me? So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, and, and I think I did mention it. I'm off the ADHD meds at the moment. Um, just too many side effects, basically. Um, yeah, uh, lost nearly stone and a half in weight, um, irritability, um, not sleeping properly. Um, and also, I, I, I mean, I, I love my food. I love food. And it, I, it just completely took that love away entirely. And I must admit, um, it did give it did give me um, a they did they did give me a certain amount of um, equilibrium, but by the same token, um, the peaks and troughs of emotion, you know, the the lows and the highs, they'd gone as well. Um, and one thing a few people have 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 said since I've come off the meds was that you seem a lot more cheerful. Um, and I have actually noticed myself laughing and smiling more. And I think really, you know, the meds really had just even leveled me out to a stage, to a state where I, I yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, it, it, it was, it was having positive effects. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There was definite, definite positives. Um, but just, just a few too many negatives. But really the, the main negatives were, is the physical, is the, is the lack of weight. I mean, you know, when you're changing notches on your watch, yeah, that's when you know you're losing too much weight. And when, given I've just turned fifty, and you know they do say you know you've got to watch yourself. The, the, you know, this is when things start happening. You know people start dropping dead of heart attacks and things like that in the fifties, etc. Um, and when I'd lost a stone and a half in weight for no apparent reason, um, that is never good news. Yeah, even Doctor Google, when you put in you know unexplained weight loss, even Doctor Google goes. Oh, holy fucking shit! This is bad. Get to a doctor's. Um, so yeah, um, it's a that's that is a bit of a concern. So anyway, I came off the meds. The weight started going back on. So at least I know that, um, and I've been referred back to the hospital. Um, and it'll just mean starting on a different medication and see how that works. Um, uh, by the way, the podcast has finished. I am still just gibbering on because uh, I feel like it. You know got nothing better to do at the moment actually I, i've got a lovely sunday planned um and it involves fucking nothing <laughs> doing nothing and going nowhere i'm really in, I'm seriously i'm really into that at the moment uh, once again by the way just in case you are listening thank you very much for the um the donations it's so so appreciative um really really did help me out um and i, I can't i can't thank you enough each and every one of you really really appreciated um and for those of you who've been here since the very beginning um this little cult might be uh, about to get a little bit bigger given the exposure that the the podcast i'm going to start you know the, the official podcast i'm going to start doing given the nature of that um yeah it could be a bit amazing um who knows who knows what the future holds but um well look, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna like tail this off now because frankly you're probably bored and uh, I couldn't blame you oh by the way I'm going to share this tip with you um, uh, I mean presumably we're all sensible enough to be using hand sanitizer at the moment and uh, I wanted to point you in the direction of a Carex hand sanitizer um, it's a little bottle uh, it's called Cussons Carex kills 99.99% of bacteria Cussons <laughs> excuse me 
Cousins Carex. I hope you had a good laugh about the sneeze as well, because it uh, did sound like some sort of small dog. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Cousins Carex. Um, uh, now it's called Moisture, and it's with moisturiser. And basically, it's a hand gel. It's a hand gel that works as the antibacterial. It's got all the right levels of ethanol, etc., in it, etc. So perfectly good to use. But it's also got a um, a moisturiser in it. And seriously, I know what you're thinking. Shut up, Howard. Seriously, right? When you use this stuff, not only are you disinfecting your hands, but they feel lovely and soft. <laughs> to any of you who have to use um, hand sanitizer constantly during the day, this is a lifesaver. Um, it really is. And I know that from friends with things like dermatitis in their hands and stuff like that. And if you're if you are if you're starting to get problems with your hands because of hand sanitizer, this is the one to get. It's also pretty darn cheap. Um, a pound a bottle in uh, in Morrison's, I think one thirty five from Boots. I've been doing my custom research just for you because I care. Okay, and Carex, it's about time you stumped up some fucking money for me as well after that advert. Anyway. This has got to be one of the strangest endings to the podcast that there's ever been. But these are strange times. But not so strange that I won't see you again very soon. Take care.